is my first episode and today I will read you this book The Leader in You by Dale Carnegie. This is a nice book for anybody who wants to have a better insight or you can just read it for an you know pass pass your time or something. So let's start it. Introduction The Human Relations Revolution. Keep your mind open to change all the time. Welcome it. Code it. It is only by examining and re-examining your opinions and ideas that you can progress. As the 21st century approaches, the world is undergoing enormous change, a process of great upheaval and great possibility. In just a few short years, we have witnessed the dawn of the post-industrial society, the advent of the information age, the rush to computerization, the birth of biotechnology. Not the least of these changes, the human relations revolution. The book is basically about your human relations, how one has to deal with other people in particular. If you are having a job, how do you talk to your boss, how do you talk to your colleagues. This book has many examples in that case and once we them I will talk to you about them but I will again continue reading the book now with the end of the world war the business environment has grown dramatically more intense competition has become more global and more energized and technology traces on no longer can businesses safely ignore their customers wants and needs no longer can managers simply issue orders and expect them to be mindlessly obeyed can personal relationship can be taken for granted no longer can the companies be less than obsessed with constant quality improvement no longer can so much human human creativity go so scandalously untapped to survive in the years to come successful organizations in business and government in the non-profit world will have to undergo a profound cultural change their people will have to think quicker work smart dream wilder and relate to each other in very different ways most important of all this cultural change will require a whole new breed of a leader a leader quite unlike the bosses most of us have worked for and some of us have perhaps become the day has long since passed when a company would run with a bullwhip and a chair. The leaders of tomorrow will have to establish a real vision and a sense of values for the organization they wish to lead. The leaders will have to communicate and motivate far more effectively than did leaders of the past. They will have to keep their wits about them through conditions of near constant change these leaders will have to mine every ounce of talent and creativity that their organization possess from the shop floor to the executive suite. The roots of all this upheaval can be traced back to the decades that followed World War II. 
in the post war years american companies seemed to prosper almost regardless of what they did the economies of europe and asia were harbored by the war's destruction the world's developing countries were not much of an economic factor yet big american based companies backed by big labor big government set the standards for everyone else it wasn't that these companies were so beautifully run they were never really had to be with their steep hierarchies their rigid job description and their we know best attitudes they cruised right through the middle years of the century fat happy as profitable as could be what lovely cocoons these companies provided for their employees a job with a decent corporation was for many people a job for life not so different from civil service but with a better salary and sweeter fringe benefits layoffs who ever heard of layoffs for people who wore suit suit jackets or dresses to work maybe for factory workers but definitely not for these managerial set people spoke often about the ladder of success that's how they would progress in their careers one rung at a time neither slower nor faster than the people above or below in hindsight we see that those were the days of easy affluence eventually they had to end while america was enjoying the fruits of post war the japanese were thinking ahead their economy was destroyed much of their basic infrastructure was in ruins and that was just the beginning of what the japanese had to overcome they also had a worldwide reputation for producing cheap shoddy goods and their little second rate customers but after all the hardship they had suffered the japanese were ready to learn from their mistakes so they went out and hired the best advisors they could find Dr. W. Edward Denning, a statistician who had worked in the United States Army's Quality Control Office during the war. Denning's message to the Japanese, don't try to copy the intricate structures of the big American corporations. Instead, Denning and others advised, build a new kind of a Japanese company, a company dictated to employee involvement. quality improvement and customer satisfaction and work to unite all the employees behind those goals it didn't happen overnight but the japanese economy was reborn japan japan became a leader in technological innovation and the quality of japanese goods and services soared with this new spirit and place japanese from just catch up with the foreign competitors in many important industries the japanese rolled right back it didn't take long for their approach to begin spreading along the globe to germany to scandinavia across the far east and along the pacific rim america unfortunately one of the last to catch on this delay proved costly slowly imperceptibly at first America's crews of easy affluence were running out of gas through the 1960s and the 1970s the roar of the post-war economy was loud 
enough to drown out the occasional sputters but the hints of trouble grew increasingly hard to ignore oil got expensive inflation and interest rate shot up and competition wasn't coming only from a reinvigorated japan or germany anymore dozens of other countries overseas little blips of the economic landscape suddenly arrived at the cutting edge of technology with newly sharpened competitive skills before long they were too were catch- capturing major market share from general motors from zenith from ibm from kodak and from other slumbering corporate giants stop here for this episode and my next episode i will continue reading this book but we what we see from this passage is how somebody who has lost in war can still build up that quality resilience how people develop the quality it shows how people have moved on the loss of war and develop the resilience so i think it's not the resilience it should be quality of a company or a, you know organization it should be in, in a person resilience everybody needs that in them